Before we kick off, we need to quickly give you a fair warning. What's that, Sean? This pod might contain some naughty words. It's uncut, and since we're just chatting with people in a relaxed and honest way, there's a chance. There is a chance. This show's 99% clean, but every now and again, one of us gets excited and a word escapes our mouth, right? Exactly. So if you're listening to this on your morning school run, I'd probably switch to BA Academy's Voice of the Community podcast. Trying saying that out loud a few times. <laughs> Tongue-twisting title. Laura Patton will keep the conversation on point, and you can earn some PDUs while you're at it as well. You're locked into 168FM and listening to Business Analysts on the Ground, the podcast that brings you dope conversations about everyday business analysis. Welcome to Season 1, Episode 3, with me, Joe. Me, Sean. And me, Kim. That's Kim. Kim Schilling, Senior BA at the Bureau of Criminal Apprehension for the State of Minnesota. She's also a past president of the Minneapolis and St. Paul chapter of the IIB, IBA and a brown belt in Taekwondo. Basically, Kim is a badass, but she's also one of the most authentic humans I've met and super fun to be around. Welcome to the show, Kim. Thank you. I'm so excited to be on this dope podcast. <laughs> yeah, we're amped to have you here. Um, I'm looking forward to this chat. Uh, I, um, I think there's an aura of mystery around you sometimes, Kim, this sort of international <laughs> woman of mystery talks of um, secret agent-like stuff. And to kick things off, could you tell us the story of Kim Schilling? Where did you grow up? What was school and uni like for you? Where are you based at the moment? What do you do? All right. Um, well, I have, for the most part, grown up in Minnesota. I was born in Korea, but I have grown up most of my life in Minnesota. I went to uh, uni here. It's called McAllister College in St. Paul, Minnesota. And then I also did some grad school work and have my law degree also from um, William Mitchell College of Law, which is based also in St. Paul, Minnesota. And I worked as a director for a nonprofit while I was in school. I also then while I was in law school, did a lot of legal related things. I then practiced law for some years, and then eventually I moved into the business analysis career. That's pretty interesting. How long did you practice law for, and what, what came about that made you want to switch from, from a career in law to business analysis? That's, that's quite, a, quite a jump, or is it? Yes, I think most people would say it's a jump. I practiced for about all in all with clerkships and everything, uh, about four to five years. And I originally went to law school because at the time that I went in the United States, having a law degree is really helpful when you're working in the nonprofit government type agencies. So I was a director of a nonprofit at that time and so I thought, well, this would be really helpful for me to study policy and law, and then I can go back to being a director or a senior director or something in the nonprofit world. 
So my intention wasn't necessarily to practice law, but when I got to law school, it was obviously very intellectually stimulating, a lot of great opportunities. I came out of law school at a time where the law market was really hot. And so because there were so many job opportunities, I thought, you know what, I've done all these clerkships. I know a lot about the law. Why don't I just give this a shot to make sure that I'm not missing anything before I go back to my sort of nonprofit government career. And so that's why I, I, I gave it my shot. I really enjoyed it. I think for the long term, it's, it's obviously a great profession generally, but for the long term, I, I kind of had that secret, mysterious, international mystery woman desire to go back to kind of my roots of government nonprofit. Okay, so that's, that's pretty cool. I, I must say, I was wondering, um, A, whether there was sort of some parental desire for you to maybe, uh, you know, pursue a career in law. You know, it, it, it's a good career, isn't it? And one that often uh, parents sort of, you know, doctor, lawyer, they like to sort of push that, that agenda perhaps. And then I was wondering whether you got disbarred and that's why you had to um, yeah. <laughs> maybe jump to, to, to business analysis. That's super cool. Um, Jim, it's, it's, it's really interesting. Like, I mean, it sounds like, uh, you know, you've, uh, you've, you've been, I want to say around the, the block and, and sort of um, you've gone between specific industries. Um, the, the non-profits, Nonprofit specifically is, you know, super interesting to me. It's it's something I'm pretty passionate about. Is there is there, you know, anything you miss? Um, you know, I want to don't want to say from back in the day, but from from that world specifically, anything that you you know wouldn't mind going back to based on based on what you do currently. Um, I think you know certainly like when I was involved in the early stages and at the director level of the nonprofit organization. That's super cool to be able to kind of be the leader of an organization. So I miss that element, but it's also super alluring in my current job because I'm more of an individual contributor and I'm on the ground doing a lot of work. Whereas I feel like in the nonprofit world, given my role as director, while that was very exciting, you get to do maybe a little bit less of the groundwork than than you do as say the individual contributor as a BA, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It does. It does. It's it's actually pretty cool because um, I at least what I hear you saying is that you know you don't mind getting your hands hands dirty and you know being involved on the ground and and I think that's that's pretty cool. Um, you know, as as you know, the uh, the theme for for the season at least for us is is lifestyle. Uh, you know, it's it's this idea that there's so many industries that. I want to say we don't really think about in our normal day to day, um, but they form such a, a big part of our, our everyday lives and, you know, what we just encounter on a day to day basis, uh, you know, and, and I think that's pretty cool because you, you spoke to that sort of, I want to say, um, hands on, you know, every day being involved in things. Now, you, you're currently at the Bureau of Criminal Apprehension, which, you know, I, I interpret as basically nabbing bad people. Um, you know, so you're keeping us safe and, uh, and we're, we're yeah. very thankful for that. But, uh, you know, would you, would you mind telling us a little bit more about that? Sure. Well, the, so I live in the state of, of Minnesota and every state for the most part has some sort of aid, some sort of crime agency or head crime agency. So as you mentioned, mine is called the Minnesota Bureau of Criminal Apprehension. 
So we fall within the Department of Public Safety within our state. And we basically have a lot of different uh, pieces of our agency, but for the most part, and for my particular job, I work in the IT portion of okay. at the BCA, Bureau of Criminal Apprehension, and we help maintain or develop the systems to basically help get the bad guy, ensure we get the bad guy. That's pretty dope. <laughs> Yeah, awesome. I know. I think so too. It kind of goes back to you know my like government nonprofit roots. So it's awesome. Yeah. And I think what's also nice is you know one thing I hear a lot when you know you say to people sort of what you want in a job and people you bring out that word meaningful right they want to contribute something that's meaningful and, and I mean getting bad guys off the street is is pretty meaningful for society, isn't it? So I, I, I think that's wonderful. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm keen to understand. So I know we touched on this a little bit in terms of if, if you being a, a lawyer previously. So was it straight from law to criminal business analysis, or did you do business analysis in something else in between? Yeah. So you know, I feel like, and you guys have may have already heard many people say this, but I feel like I'm also one of those people who was doing business analysis before we called it business analysis. So like in the nonprofit, I feel like I was doing some element of business analysis. And then I really feel like being a lawyer is a lot like business analysis. And a lot of people are usually surprised when I say that, but I just feel like there's so many parallels of being the practice of law and what you do in that discipline, same as a BA, no matter what BA discipline you're in. Yeah, no, yeah, it is. It's as you say, it's a common story. Eh? We sort of all figure that we've been doing it all the while without knowing that we were. That's very yeah. Cool. Oh, that's brilliant. Yeah, there, and, and, and I just also, I mean, obviously we've met before, Kim. I mean, we've had chats at conferences and things. And uh, one of the things that I, I remember about you that I fondly remember about you. Um, and now I'm tying back as we talk now to, to your emphasis on, on the NGO. But as part of your role when you were IIBA um, president uh, for, for Minnesota, um, you guys did quite a lot of support for uh, sort of growing forums and growing chapters, didn't you? You were quite charitable in giving in terms of, of raising money and offering support. And I, and I remember you having conversations with people here down in Southern Africa, um, really trying to see what they needed and what you could do to help them. Uh, is this something you carry with you in, in, in the roles that you do? Yes, I feel like I love being a business analyst day to day on the ground. And I think it's really important. One of the missions we had when I was president of, of IIBA for Minnesota is just, we wanna make sure that our profession is really represented well, that we give back to our profession, we give back to our communities and our, our worldwide communities, as you pointed out, because if we don't do that, how will people know about our profession? And if they don't know about our profession, how will it grow? So it's, I feel like even in my day-to-day -day job now, um, though I'm, I'm not president anymore, you get great opportunities like this to say, hey, here's what I do on a day-to-day -day basis. You should check it out. Business analysis is a real, real career. I love that. 
Yeah, you know, we, I think we we need more about that. It's uh, it's interesting that you know Joe mentioning this. It, it does take me take me back a bit. I mean, uh, you know, the way we've met, um, sort of like online via you know Twitter initially, and then all of that um, ended up you know sort of coming together so that we could actually you know share a glass of wine and a glass of gin at a, at a conference here in south africa and uh, and for for those people listening so uh, kim's chapter specifically are very active in in terms of you know helping other chapter chapters grow and, and figuring some things out and at one of the cool stories um you know that uh, kim and i sort of connected about was this thing called bas and brews uh, which is basically a, a almost a, a bit of a social event in the in the chapters uh, you know that combines the, BAs in brews, you know, beer and, and business analysis. And uh, I just, I love the, I love the way you think about life. And, and I want to say you're almost making things just, just real and, and, and just normal every day and, and giving back to the community. So that's, that's pretty dope. And, you know, I can just, I can hear the, the, the passion with which you speak about that. So I, I, I have to compliment you on that. It's, it's pretty cool. No, it, it's well, thank, very cool. Well, I was just going to say thank you. And right back at you both, because you guys are both dope. This podcast is dope. It's amazing <laughs> that you're doing this for people. And obviously, you both are giving back. And that's how we grow as a profession, community, and just, you know, a worldwide friendship. I'm so grateful that I can call you guys friends. And we live in completely different countries. Isn't it? It's, it, it, it's incredible. It's incredible. Um, I want to just change pace a bit now. Uh, Let's get in. I mean, you say sort of daily lives, what goes on. I want to know about your lunchtime, Kim. I want to know how that goes. Uh, do you work through? I mean, this is very, very stereotypical for, for a, a police department, what I'm about to say. But is lunch donuts and coffee? Or do you go out and grab a sandwich <laughs> with a friend? Or, or maybe, maybe you grab a quick run in the park and then a salad. How, how does it go for you? You know, I usually work right through, but I have many BA colleagues who need that break and they get out and they grab the donut or they do whatever they want to do or they'll go out to lunch. Occasionally I'll go out to lunch, but I get the food coma, we call it in the U.S., where if I go out to lunch and I eat too much, I'm so sleepy I can't do my job. So I usually <laughs> try and eat something light and work through. Okay, superheroes never sleep, eh? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say. <laughs> Kim, but I'm, I'm right in saying that, uh, you know, I, I, did, I did mention this uh, in the introduction, but, uh, you know, you've, uh, you've got a brown belt in, uh, in martial arts, right? So, uh, so does that form part of your daily life? I mean, do you, do you have a, a bit of a, you know, a go at a run or like some form of training in the mornings before you, before you go to work or, you know, afterwards, like, like you know, what, what gets you going or like, you know, what, what keeps you sane? Yes, yeah, so I do like to use Taekwondo for that to, you know, either get extra endorphins by, you know, practicing moves and forms and things like that. And also just to, you know, we, we can also do sparring. And so that's a good way to get out any, you know, negative energy or challenging energy from the day you can just, you know, spar with a, a boxing bag, things like that. Um, but yeah, so I, I do use Taekwondo. I, I have tried a couple moves out on people at work and they just laugh at me. <laughs> some difficult stakeholders exactly maybe? yeah <laughs> yeah take that uh, that's yeah. really good so so, so, so threaten them 
So another thing, I mean, I'm just getting back to the sort of industry that you work in. I mean, and I made a little jibe about donuts, but how does overtime feature in your life? Is your industry one that uh, sort of requires a lot of extra to get things done? I'd, I'd imagine that a lot of what you do is, is tied to something fairly important, be it legislation or, or deadlines, and that if these things aren't done in time, they're, they're, there's quite a real consequence to society, potentially. So, I, I mean, is work like busy? Is overtime a thing? Um, it is a thing. I haven't had to experience it too much, um, but exactly to your point, we're in the legislative session right now. So there's probably a period of three to four months where the people that help direct our work are on alert in terms of what's coming down, what's going to need to be done, ASAP, things like that. Um, so we're always on alert, but usually, you know, we're fortunate that it ebbs and flows so that if, you know, it could be a super busy time, but we have enough people to, to pitch in and do the work, um, and then it might be very light. And so it just kind of ebbs and flows, but, um, you know, we're all just so passionate about it that if you have to stay an extra hour or something like that, we really don't mind because then, you know, at the back end, we know at some point we'll be able to leave early for the day. Okay. And I'm just thinking now, I mean, I don't know the, the hugest amount about American politics, but I, I'm wondering, where, where, do, does a change in president or a change in senator uh, cause significant legislative change that you need to respond to? Or is it just sort of, a general thing that happens year to year regardless. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. It, it does change um, in Senate or anything. Uh, mostly for us, it changes a lot depending on who the governor is and what party they fall in. So the Senate at, at a little less level, um, like our U.S. senators and our U.S. House representatives from Minnesota, but it can still impact us. But that governor level, and depending where that governor comes from on the political side of the fence, will will change our direction. Wow, that's quite incredible, actually. That um, you can probably about turn, can't you, <laughs> a couple of times in your career on on some laws. Yep. I was about to say lots of non-functional requirements in there. That's all I'm hearing. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I think that I think the thing that's really cool about what you've spoken uh, spoken to, and you know, maybe I've got a, a warped sense of this sort of thing uh, locally, um, is you 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 spoke about how everyone you know is is willing to dig in and stay the extra hour because they they're so passionate about it. Um, I don't know. Maybe you know. Maybe I'm a, a bit of a morbid point of view in the world generally, but like I think that's really cool. Um, I would imagine, you know, generally, I want to say like government and, you know, those sort of industries, I don't want to call them boring, but, you know, it, it often, like, I think if you look at the world or you like, you watch a few films or something, it doesn't necessarily look like the, the people they um, care more than it's like, you know, really just hard work and a, I want to say a race to get to the top. Um, so it's, it's really refreshing that you, you know, you, you're working with people that's passionate about that sort of thing, because I think um, from a political standpoint and, you know, just being able to influence those sort of things, it makes a massive difference if, if people really care about the work. Yep, you're exactly right. A lot of um, people, it, it's just kind of common, but a lot of people, especially for our state of Minnesota, come to work for the state because 
of that passion. There's, there's kind of a joke. We don't come to the state to make a lot of money. We come because there's an element of, of passion there in policy and, and things like that. Um, because obviously if we went into a, a private practice, um, the state employees are governed by certain funds, but private practice and private BAs, things like that, have corporation type dollars yeah. associated with their jobs. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I love that. Something I want to dig into a little bit. Um, it's uh, it, it's quite cool. You've I think you've spoken to a, I want to say a lot of crossover. Uh, you spoke a little bit about your past in um, in nonprofits and you know your legal background and. And, and, and the way you speak about your, your current gig, you know, sounds like, I want to say there's, there's been a, a lot of influence in, in things that you've, you've brought with you. Um, I mean, you've spoken at, at conference and, you know, when you spent some time in South Africa, I think specifically with regards to what you've, I want to say, learned from your legal past. Um, you know, are there things that you've, you've taken from, I want to say, other areas of your life or maybe some of your previous roles, um, you know, that have, that have made you a, a a better BA and, and potentially also, you know, a better BA specifically in the space that you play in at the moment? Yeah, I think, you know, one of the main things is I've always been a real inquisitive person. Um, and I also, number two, really like people. I, I have a genuine interest in getting to know people and understanding who they are, things like that. And I think that when you're inquisitive, and you like working with people, which have been my nonprofit and government job, as well as a lawyer, you have to say same skills. And again, now BA, same skills. I mean, you really have to um, like both of those things. And I do. And I think, for, especially for a BA, you know, you really do have to be inquisitive because you have to keep your game sharp. You know, if you just sit back and, and do the day to day, but if you're constantly asking questions like, well, how would this work? What about this? What about that? Um, it, it's just so much, uh, you know, more exciting and, and you're going to get so much more out of work. Yeah, no, that, 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 that's really interesting. And we, we had a, a chap, I think it was episode one, Phil Sumption, um, at university, he studied criminology. Which which is probably not too far from you know stuff you touch on now, touched on um, with your academics at university as well. And he was saying how in a lot of the crossover in terms of the techniques and the thinking that that, that he learnt during his studies was so applicable to to business analysis. And I'd imagine, I mean, as as a lawyer, I, I'm not sure what types you you defended when you did this, um, whether <laughs> whether you know or. or which side of the floor you were on, but um, I'd imagine in terms of getting to know your clients, questioning your clients, understanding the fact from the fiction and, and stuff like that, I'd imagine that there's quite a lot you can bring across from your past to what you do now, particularly around sort of stakeholder engagement and um, understanding. That's exactly right. That's a perfect example, the stakeholder engagement, being an attorney, engaging you know, the clients, getting new clients, things like that, exactly the same as influencing, managing your stakeholders, working with your stakeholders. Yeah, and I'd imagine the judge as well is probably quite difficult to read. So he's like your, your difficult stakeholder. You've just got to say, is he tilting his head left or right? And, and what does that mean? Am I in his good books or bad books? Or Yep, exactly. <laughs> 
Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. But from, uh, from, from those learnings, um, you know, uh, you've mentioned a couple of things with there. Is there any specific thing that stands out to you, you know, that, that you, I want to say, share with people out there, uh, you know, like one important thing that, that you've learned through, through these different industries and, and sort of different domains that, that, you know, really makes a difference or that you think could make a difference for someone else? Um, Only I, you know, yeah, I, I mean, the first thing that came to my mind, honestly, was just um, that the interpersonal relationships. Um, I feel like that's, I, I, I paused because I'm like, I feel like that's so trite, but I just really feel like, you know, in the government nonprofit, you're, you're not going to go anywhere if you don't take the time to be inquisitive and build those relationships. As a lawyer, you're not going to have many clients if you're not inquisitive about what's needed in, in the legal field, what, what people need, and if you're not building those relationships. And I, I just feel like it's exactly the same as a BA. Yeah. I love that. That's good. Um, and, and we're sort of dipping at, in and out of things and bringing them back here. Um, <laughs> Uh, we, we talked a little bit before about, you know, meaning and purpose in a job. And clearly you are, you know, solving some big problems uh, in the work that you do. Um, but out of those ones, I'd like to know which ones are you passionate about? What big problems are you solving that, you know, you really get behind? Or what problems would you want to solve or you'd like to solve next if you're, if you're not solving them yet, um, what is it that gets you up in the morning around that? Um, I think it's mainly, you know, knowing that I have just even, like you said, that opportunity to solve, the opportunity to make a difference, knowing that every day I could come across something and be like, oh, hey, that's something that I can put on my list of things to solve. We could improve the criminal justice you know, database by doing X, Y, and Z. So I, I think it's that, if that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, but, but tell me, I'm, I'm going to push a little bit here, I think. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, which project? You're so demanding, Jim. I am. Uh, no, it's just awful, aren't I? But, um, it's awful. Me and you should awful. have a bit of coffee after this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we told you you'd need a glass of wine. Exactly. Even if even if it is lunchtime where you are, but um, <laughs> which project in your from your past, which project are you most proud of the work that you did? Oh, I see what you're saying. Yes, um, let me think. Hmm. In any career, or are you thinking BA specific? I'm thinking BA specific, and in, in your work with um, the Bureau of Apprehension, which which particular piece of work have you done that you, you you're really proud of it made a difference it had purpose it had meaning and it did some good for society well the, the project that I'm currently on so and my team in my area um, we basically are responsible for 27 different systems that relate to criminal justice so the one that's really though on our radar and it is a big deal because of legislation and things like that it is basically our driver database and our vehicle database. So we are working on basically uh, making sure all of that data gets correctly loaded into databases and police officers and agents can see them quickly 
that it's accurate, that it's, you know, able to be cross-referenced. Um, that's probably the one that stands out because, you know, it just may, it, it's in everybody's day to day. So if, for example, police officer pulled you over and they had to look you up either your license plate or your driver's license, that's the work that I'm doing. That's nice. So, yeah, so it, it's, it feels really, um, you know, you just get passionate about being a part of something like that. Yeah. Not nice for some. I'd imagine you have a few haters as well. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I was about we to have, say, I'm a, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a pretty big hip hop fan and uh, 99 Problems, uh, the song by Jay-Z, um, as, uh, as I'm spitting a few lines about getting pulled over. Um, so I was, <laughs> that was just playing back in my mind. I, I think it's really interesting. You know, you, you often like watch uh, television shows or movies and, you know, you, you see some, you know, fancy, uh, you know, cops snapping a, a picture of some number plate and they're running this through the system. So, you know, it almost sounds like whoever's at the end of that, you know, end of that call or end of that line is, uh, is typing in a, a login credential into a system that you're maintaining. And I, I think that's pretty cool. Um, it's a it's a nice little segue. Um, you know, it's it's funny. I, uh, I I I grew up on a farm, um, and I don't know for some reason. You know, kids have um, have very specific thoughts. At least uh, you know where I came from, small town, um, probably small mindset initially. Um, you know about the things you want to be, and and I remember growing up. You know, a soldier or policeman was definitely on uh, on my list of things that I yeah. <laughs> I would have liked to become. Um, that's definitely changed over the years. <laughs> Uh, but but it, it does speak to um, speak to this um, specific question and 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 something cool that we've got on the show. So uh, so we've got this thing called the seeded question. Um, whenever we have someone on, uh, you know, we give them a chance to to basically uh, pay it forward in in terms of uh, having a question specific question answered by the the next guest on the podcast. And uh, and our previous guest um, had something which I which I think is quite interesting and, and relates well to this. And uh, and like to propose this to you, Kim. Um, so the, the question is around like I want to say dreams, um, but but specifically, what did you want to be when you were growing up, and uh, how far did you get in pursuing this ambition? Um, you know, was was getting into law and being a lawyer, or like you know working for the CIA or whatever, like you know one of your dreams, or or did did you did you initially think about pursuing something completely different? Yes. So I'm trying to think what year I sort of thought, oh, that's what I want to do. Um, I was at university. Um, I had a lot of opportunities to just volunteer and, and intern in the government nonprofit sector. So I was able to work for a lot of senators um, and legislators, and they all had a law degree. And so that's where my passion of sort of nonprofit government oh i need to get a law degree started probably about in my second year of of university after i had that first taste of working for a legislator and seeing how exciting it could be i thought you know what that's i i can't go wrong you know we'll just get a law degree that can enhance my um background in government nonprofit and we'll just go from there okay Living the so dream, was, then. Was that, yeah. Living the dream, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I, I guess it speaks a lot to your passion for it as well. You know, if, if that's been such a 
I want to say a big part of your life for so many years. That's 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 pretty cool. I, I don't think we all get to you know end up doing exactly what what we dream about doing or what we're passionate about. So it's it's really cool to to see that and to hear that on your on your on your side. Yeah. So so we're getting to the more fun stuff now now kim you know the less serious Uh-oh. heavy heavy things oh, no I'm no 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 i i'm scared too i feel like jean's setting me up with this question he's he's written down that i need i need to ask you um but the, i need but, to get my glass of wine wait wait <laughs> okay i got it you got it cool right so the question is what's the weirdest thing you've ever done if you don't mind a bit of risk on the pod what's the weirdest thing you've ever done? Just in general? So not BA related? Yeah, anything. Okay. Uh, the first thing that popped into my mind was I was in the state of Hawaii and there is this area where all, you know, tourists don't know about. So I, I, my friends were natives and so natives of Hawaii. So I went with them to this secluded place uh, and I thought it was weird just because it was secluded and it was a little sketchy. Uh, but they convinced me that it was perfectly safe. Basically, there was, they, I think they call it a blowhole, something oh, like that. Okay. But yeah, so you basically, it's like an underwater tunnel of rocks. So wow. you, so not, so imagine this kind of sketchy background of people doing very you know quote unquote sketchy things and then there's the ocean and there's under the ocean going into the ocean there's just this this rock cave and these rocks actually are like little tunnels into the main part of the ocean so they said well you know and there were other you know natives there that were basically swimming through the tunnels and then going out deep into the ocean the catch wow. is, if you're not a good swimmer, what's going to happen is if the current comes in and you're in the tunnel, you could get smashed oh. from, you know, the side of the tunnel because the rocks are super close. I mean, you barely have, you know, it's really hard to swim, quite honestly. So you've got to swim super fast before the current would come in and potentially, you know, knock you on the side of the rocks. So I thought... Oh, well, that's, that's interesting. And again, I don't know if it's weird or not, but the, it's the whole experience it's, was just yeah, sort it's, of... It's definitely different. I, uh, I different, must say you've yeah. catapulted yourself back as the 007 lady in, in my book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That sounds pretty dangerous and yeah. sounds like something that'll make for a good action film. No, no. Yeah. It, it, so I did it. I swam, yeah, I wow. swam through the tunnels is the, the moral. Of, and it was weird because it was, it was kind of creepy. You literally could not see anything. You had to swim... A, re- I mean, a really you know long way and, and in hindsight I might not have done it if I was as old as I am today because uh you know it's dangerous yeah it's I was gonna say how old were you yeah yeah oh uh, gosh I think I was maybe 21 okay yeah at the time yeah yeah carefree so, right yeah. at that time right exactly <laughs> Yeah. invincible no that's a that, that, that's a cool story and and i mean i sit here listening to it as an old guy now thinking uh, i might have done that once but not anymore <laughs> exactly exactly yeah i i agree with that i you know i think like i'm obviously a dad now as well and you know joe you too and uh, you know it's it's almost as if you're 
your appetite for risk changes considerably. Um, yeah. I think it's, it's nice to be able to look back on stories like that. That's really dope. Uh, that's awesome. Um, yeah, Kim, so, uh, so switching gears here a little bit, um, we've got this, uh, continue on the fun trend, we've got this uh, thing called Quickfire 9. Um, it's it's basically a set of uh, questions, uh, nine questions, um, obviously. Okay. And and uh, you have to pick one, right? So it's a it's a it's a choice between two specific things. Um, there's no option for you to pass. You can't choose an alternative answer. You know, as difficult as, as it might be, you need to just stick it through and, and commit to to one one or the other. Um, okay, so I'm, I'm uh, sweating sort of rattle, here. Yeah, rattle them off and, and see how you go. Okay. <laughs> All right. Are you ready? I'm ready. Number one, let's go. Guilty or not guilty? Uh, guilty. Whiteboard or prototype? Whiteboard. ERD or class diagram? ERD. Frosting or jam? Jam. Science or art? Art. Sneakers or heels? Sneakers. Arsenal or Liverpool? Arsenal. Get on in. Carry on or start over? Uh, carry on. Nice. Webinars or seminars? Webinars. Dope. And that puts the Arsenal up to one. It does. I'm a bit bleak, actually. Uh, Kim, <laughs> was that just a, a random pick or was, or was there any meaning behind your pick there? Arsenal or Liverpool? I, no meaning. I, I, I don't know. Okay. I just, for some reason, yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. Arsenal has no meaning for me either. But um, Felt it in her heart. She was led. She knows. Yeah. yeah. It was my okay. psychic ability. Anyway, I'll take it on the chin. You know, it's still early days in 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 our little uh, in our little competition. Okay, so um, that was the quick fire nine, and, and now we're really moving in into the rap stage of this. And uh, I think the next point is really for us to ask you if there's anything else that you wish we'd asked you. Um, was there something you'd like to cover that maybe we didn't touch on during this episode? That is a great question because I was actually wondering when is the question going to come along about, you know, how does somebody get to be a BA? What, what kind of background do you need? Cause I got that a lot when I was in my tenure as, as president of IIBA. So I thought that would be asked. And so I would love to share about that because I think I, you know, hopefully the, the listeners can tell from my, my voice, but I feel really passionate about the career. I feel like, you know, if you're interested in being a BA, you can do it. I, I really feel that we've all done business analysis in some shape and form, and it's just a matter of continuing to be inquisitive, looking at how you can get involved more formally with business analysis, like a, an IIBA chapters, you know, other, other business analysts like you both, um, and just networking. And if you're interested to go for it, 
because I, I think it's just a great career. You know, I happen to work at the Crime Bureau, but as you both know, you know, people work in MBAs in healthcare and banking. BAs are everywhere, and I just think it's a great profession for anybody who wants to give it a whirl. Isn't it? And, and uh, I mean, th th those are some great sentiments to share. And if we sort of track back to the beginning of this conversation, you, you sort of, as you said, you feel like you'd always been doing a lot of the stuff. And as you also said, that's a very common story. I mean, I resonate with that. That's exactly how it was for me. And, and I know for a number of other people too. So, and, and another word that you used during this podcast was curiosity and I, I think a lot of people get into this job from a business perspective sure people arrive from a, a development from a test from a sort of more technical SDLC route but I think the major, majority of people probably uh, fall into this from business so if you understand your business you understand your domain you have that curiosity and and almost a need to solve problems and make things better then, then it's then it's the perfect career path, and there's no particular degree that you need to do this. You don't need an IT degree, um, business degree, criminology degree, legal degree, agricultural degree, pharmaceutical degree. I think there's a path into this profession from all of those and more. Exactly, exactly. Love that. Yeah. So. Um, so you just uh, recently had the, the question seeded for you, Kim. Um, that question came from Adam Parkinson. He, he was keen to know what you wanted to be when you were growing up and how far you got. Um, but now can you tell us your question that we need to ask the next guest on this show, please? Yes. Um, and good thing Adam was nice to me. Otherwise, I would have Taekwondo chopped him. So thank goodness he gave me a good question. That wasn't, you know, wasn't too bad. Um, but my question was more, uh, probably less serious, uh, but since it was a dope podcast, I thought, hey, I want to know, next person, what the funniest interaction or story you have with both of you, both of you or individually. I wanted to know that. Okay, awesome. Thank you. We will, we will pass that on to the next unwitting guest on this show <laughs> who is Morgan Zer, um, and, and we shall see what she what she says um, the next question for you Kim really as I say is sort of wrapping up now but um, firstly thank you for coming on thank you for sharing your story with us it has been dope it's been really interesting um, it's certainly given Pleasure. me a, it's given me a much deeper look into the sorts of things that can happen in the industry that you work in and, and Please keep doing that good work. And if people, and I'm sure they will, I would like to get in touch with you, how can they do that? Do you, do you have any social media handles or blog sites or, or where can people get in touch? I do, um, but probably the best way is going to be email. And I'm happy just to share my email. It's Lovely. Kim, yeah, Kim Schilling. S-C-H-I-L-L-I-N-G, number three, at gmail.com. KimShilling3 at gmail.com. Perfect. We will pop that in the show notes as well so that um, people can reach you if they, if, if they want to have a conversation. Awesome. That's awesome. 
You mean in a, if they don't reach out, you will find them, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. I'm not as my my physical presence isn't as scary as I've probably you know I'm sure my voice is very commanding, Taekwondo ish. So you know, I, I'm very open. Yeah. No. 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 Absolutely. Uh, we, we, Carry on, John. We encourage our listeners to to not send number plates. Um, Kim <laughs> Kim's not allowed to do that. Um, yeah. You know, so yeah. if you if you're trying to track down the, the guy that's uh, taking your Amazon parcel off your off your front porch, um, yeah, this show and uh, <laughs> this person is not the one to try and get it from. Um, mm. But do get in touch with all things business analysis and uh, and nonprofit. Yeah, Kim, it's it's been such a pleasure. Um, you know, we we know you've uh, made made time to chat to us. Um, you know, in the basically the middle of your workday. Um, and we just have such an appreciation for that. I, I think it speaks loads to the person you are and just, you know, to the way that you see this industry and, and, and the way you see life. And uh, yeah, we, we love it. It's, um, it's been great. Um, you know, we, we hope that we can, uh, we can share that glass of wine um, sometime soon again. And uh, yeah, thank, thanks so much for coming on and, and thanks for just sharing your story so, um, so truthfully and, and so, so honestly with us. You're welcome. And pleasure, as I learned, folks say in South Africa a lot. I, I love that part about visiting South Africa. And people always say, pleasure, pleasure, pleasure. Um, it, you know, not only has it been a pleasure, you know, it, it's been an honor. And this is the, you know, you need a, you need a, like a hashtag, best, best podcast, best dope podcast, something like that. But you guys are awesome. So thank you. Re really a privilege. Yeah, no, no, thank you, Kim. It's been wonderful. Thanks for tuning in. If you've enjoyed this episode, please pass the pod via Twitter, Instagram, or even sticky notes under the table in a review meeting. Yeah, look, whatever your weapon of choice, tag us with 168FM. That's the words 1, 6, and 8, not the numbers. You can also leave us a comment on the blog, 168.FM. We'd love to hear what you think. We would. Comments are gold. But that's it for now. This episode is a wrap. Until the next time, Jean, do you want the last word? Word. I just had to take an extra minute there. Like my my son is sounds like he's like terrorizing my wife. So I just need to <laughs> save the household there for a second. Um, proactively mute when it's needed on the side. Like we said, you know, it's it's normal life. Um, so if the odd you know screen does come through, um, you know, it'll add to the to the mystery of this episode. Doesn't it? Just you know. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> not not particularly flashy here.